0: Relax and get ready to listen to This is Bodybuilding. It's a bodybuilding podcast. It's a life podcast. It's a journal. It's an entryway into the hearts and the minds and the lives and the souls of the people involved in the world of bodybuilding. I'm your host, Daniel Lansfield, and I'm a promoter of bodybuilding. I'm a social media enthusiast. I'm a podcaster. I'm a traveler. Uh, And in the past life, I was a competitive bodybuilder. But the less said about that, the better. Today's episode is a very special one. Uh, I sat down to talk with Maria McCarter at her home in Flowerdale um, a couple of weeks ago. Maria spent about 20 years with the ANB and as some of you listening may know, um, she ran the ANB up in uh, in Victoria up until November 2015. Since then, she's been very heavily focused on her business, Sunset Valley Chicks. Um, That's not a modeling agency from the 90s. It's a chicken farm where she raises chicks and provides a sustainable alternative for mass-produced eggs. Um, so, you know, no no battery-farmed eggs there. Uh, we de- we delve into her time as a promoter. She shares plenty of great stories from her time with the ANB, um, and she also discusses what it's like being, I think, one of the only women promoting bodybuilding in recent years, or until recent years. As many of you probably know, that the majority of state and national presidents are men. So I was very keen to get Maria's perspective on what it was like to be a woman in that environment. Um, there were some comical interruptions as well as roosters were crowing and Maria did have a few customers who popped in to uh, pick up some chicks or talk shop. But this was definitely one of the most enjoyable episodes I've had the pleasure of recording. Okay, at the, uh, at the end of this episode I'll share a little outtake. Um, I tried to record something while Maria was busy with a customer, uh, but I was rudely interrupted by a rooster wanted in for a peck so uh yeah look forward to that at the end of the episode over the past few weeks i've been i've spent some time in england and ireland um for the for the NABBA universe and the W5 world championships both absolutely great events um a very different flavor of bodybuilding at each NABBA is definitely that more traditional hardcore bodybuilding environment um so if you're you know if you want to see the mass monsters then that's pretty much where you go, you don't, don't have to look any further than that. Um, all of the footage from the NABBA universe this year and a lot of past years is actually available on YouTube. So jump onto YouTube, type in NABBA universe 2016 and you'll see Oh, geez, probably you know, eight or nine hours worth of footage um, including the professional Mr. Universe and some, uh, some of the world's best figure competitors and, and everything in between. Um, the WFF provides more of an, uh, an athletic alternative, I guess. It's, it's, it has the Mass Monsters, but it also has the bikini models and the board shorts. So it's a bit of a broader spectrum of the, the bodybuilding and fitness community. Um, both of those, you know, just absolutely awesome events. Very long days, but um, just so many great people overseas. We caught up with friends from all around Europe and, and Africa, especially South Africa, uh, Asia, North and South America. And it was really wonderful just to have everyone there together for a competition like that. Um, you know, we, we catch up sort of once or twice a year, but it's just, yeah, nice to have the, the family and the friends together. Um, international events, international events are a, a very, they're very different to the run of the mill local shows that people might be accustomed to, um, especially in Australia. I think people get a little bit insular with what they, what they expect. Um, certainly in Ireland, I think it was a, probably a bit of a shock for a lot of people um, as if, if it was their first international show, I know we had about three hundred competitors. You know, they're speaking a few dozen languages. Everyone's very tired from travelling and dieting, and then you know it becomes a fifteen-hour live event without a break. And I know I was on stage for a lot of that fifteen hours as the MC. Um, it took a lot of stamina. Um, but for me, you know, overseas trips like that just reinforce what people back home seem to be blissfully unaware of, or they. I don't know if they're happy <laughs> being blissfully unaware, but you know the bodybuilding um, outside of the, the world that's that's their fishbowl. I mean, people whose entire bodybuilding experience is their home city or their home state. Um, you know, the, the, they may never have been to a nationals, or maybe they have. But you know, when you take things overseas, it's uh, it's a definitely a different ballgame. I've met and known and trained with some sensational competitors over the years um, and it always surprises me how few have actually taken the opportunity or, or plan to take the opportunity to travel overseas to do a competition like the World Championships um, and just see what the rest of the world has on offer. It's very easy to sit back and, and live in the keyboard warrior nation and pay out on people who are overseas but you know more and more people just seem content with staying home which I think is just a great shame. I thoroughly recommend that uh, you travel as often as you can. It definitely broadens your perspective on things, and not just in bodybuilding, but, but in life. And of course, this week's episode is brought to you absolutely free on SoundCloud and iTunes. If you'd like to support the podcast in any way, please get over to Facebook, click like, and share it with your friends in the bodybuilding community. But for now, enjoy the show. So, we're in Flowerdale we're in Florida? Certainly Florida. are, yeah and when you said you lived in a shed I, I i thought you're probably exaggerating but this is this is the country this is very <laughs> very much the country so it is. 3 years ago you sold up
1: suburban suburban four bedroom weatherboard floorboard house and, and <laughs> with all, m- the all the
0: comedians and and you've come out here and yeah. i'm sure people were looking at you like you're crazy
1: yeah my family thought we were
0: have you have you ever sat there and thought yeah, some nights you're just sitting here and going, Yeah, I'd really just.
1: <laughs> I, might, I always say it's funny because we, hubby and I, we joke around and say we should really focus on renovating the house, hey, or mm. whatever. But it's, if somebody said to me, Marie, here's a million dollar house, but you have to give up your property for it, well, of course, i will choose my property over and continue to live like this for the rest of my life.
0: So we've got four dogs here. Yes. Cat, two cats. Yes. Two pigeons. Yes. Three hundred chickens.
1: Oh, that was the baby chickens. Babies, okay. <laughs> <laughs> four, four hundred. Yeah, yeah four hundred chickens. And
0: it? a goat. Yes. And Kevin, a, Kevin the goat. And a, was it was a dozen, no, half a dozen horses. No,
1: so eight horses. Eight horses,
0: horses. Yeah. So this is a fully and a miniature cow. I, okay, I didn't see the miniature cow. You yeah, have to go you'll, look at that. You meet him. But I mean, this is a fully a fully working farm, and you've been doing this for three years. Yeah. So how, how are you? I guess. My first question: How are you doing this? And I mean, all of the bodybuilding stuff you're doing with the A and B was very much focused in Melbourne. That's a long way mm. to be, you know.
1: Look, I, I, I ran the I ran the competitions um, while I was here in the first two years. Mm-hmm. It was hard because obviously I haven't got e- easy access to the internet and yeah. things like that, and um, so the the communication side of the thing is hard. But um, <laughs>
0: That's that's the that's dogs. The dogs <laughs> <having> a-
1: <laughs> <laughs> but um I don't know. It's it I it was just a choice that I made to live this sort of lifestyle and um and you know, been doing the bodybuilding for over ten years on my own, yeah. running the events on my own and um having the tree change and getting the mm. courage to step away from having front centre. Yeah. I mean, were you, you
0: were running A and B Victoria from what, two thousand and four?
1: No, it was about 2006. I started okay. my company, pretty okay. much,
0: so so before that was the A and B in in Victoria, or was yeah, it
1: No, I was involved with the bodybuilding. I was a volunteer with A and B. So I moved when I moved to Melbourne when I was 24. Yeah. I sh- I rang a few of the federations up, seeing who wanted v- volunteers, and it mm-hmm. ended up that somehow I was introduced to Steve Littleton. Remember many years yeah. ago, and yeah. um, a president of that then and um
0: so he was the A&B Victoria a, at the prison?
1: time okay. and then he he le- and so I volunteered so I was the one you know taking door sales or scrubbing mm. the floors whatever and um then he left and another couple took over which basically ran it to the ground apparently which I knew so I I walked mm. away from it because I'd been yeah. already I'd been with them since 1994 I think okay wow yeah from day dot really yeah. and um or well, not day dot but
0: well, in the ANB, A- A- in you know, how people see it today, because I know um, back in the very early '90s and late '80s, there were there were natural federations sort of popping up. Um, and I think it was uh, the the predecessor to the INBA kind of came around that time. Yeah, and the ANB yeah. A- was sort of shortly after that. I think, wasn't it? It
1: was, and then I don't know. Looking back, because when so when I took over. Pretty much, I was asked to take over. They were about to do the so-called um, the the Vix, yep. and it didn't happen. They sort of the president, the people that were running it, it didn't happen. So six weeks out from the comp, I took over. So okay. I basically went and begged all the people I knew in gyms that I knew, and yeah. I ended up getting I think nineteen competitors okay. to compete for me. Yeah, and um, that's the start of it.
0: The people nowadays they think, oh, you know. If your show doesn't have two hundred competitors, oh, you're, you're doing something wrong. Or, you know, but and I mean, oh, yeah, we've we've run comps before. At uh, we ran we, we ran. I think the very ver, the very first time we ran the Melbourne International, it was just called the International Championships. It was an all female show. Oh wow! To it was trying. Uh, Dad thought, all right, uh, the INBA is doing an all female classic. Bugger it, we'll have a go. And we had twenty girls the week after the INBA all female classic come and. Do our show, and it turned out that, it, you know, NABBA at that stage wasn't really
1: established. Maybe well, it, it was
0: established as a federation, but it or as an, an organization, but it it didn't have the same um, pull for competitors that I think the natural organizations had.
1: Well, it's and definitely, was... it's definitely. Look, that I'll be honest with you, that's definitely a big key thing of of numbers. I think yeah. it's people will always choose an easy option <laughs> yeah. sort of thing I, I believe anyway but at the same time um, I just enjoying now just yeah. being able to promote bodybuilding
0: yeah as opposed to having all of the stress of I mean I, I guess you know, when you are the, the state promoter or the, the national promoter or whatever there's a hell of a lot of stress and pressure that comes from Dealing with all of the competitors, dealing with the sponsors, dealing with
1: well, you would know. Well, you know, but I
0: mean, yeah, dad's dad's been doing that for for a lot of years, and I think it was sort of, um, I know, like personally, it was it was a shock when I heard that you were walking away from the A and B. Um, after that many years, yeah. I mean that must have been tough. Oh, starting been, in ninety ninety
1: four, I can remember. I think I cried for three months. To be yeah. honest, every time I thought about having to tell one of my members or people that I'd got to know really well and yeah. things like that. But um, looking forward, you know, like it's just a, it's mm. a, like starting a new chapter in my life. Mm. To be honest with you, and um, NABBA was actually the the federation I always followed when I lived in South Australia before I moved oh, yeah, here. Cool. Yeah. You know, it was always
0: yeah. So you're, you're originally from Mount Gambia. That's right. Um, are you, are, were you sort of into the bodybuilding scene in South Australia? My first Australia?
1: job was in a gym. Okay. Yeah. Which, um, which gym was that? It was called Brophy's. Um, was called Brophy's Gym. Okay. Gee, I can was remember that, it. Is that in Mount Gambier? Mm, or yeah, in it? Mount Gambia is a yeah, it was a little gym, and then it ended up closing down. But at that time, there was about five or six bodybuilders, and yeah. they were. You know, the IFBB or yep. NABBA, NABBA boys and yep. that And um, I got it We I, I, we lived on farms Then we were, my family retired in the city mm. And I, I don't know I don't know When other people had Michael Jackson yep. up on their walls I had Arnold Schwarzenegger's <laughs> yep. photos And I really, really don't know how that all came about—it was just. Was
0: so it something that you were just always interested in? I, I think
1: I just love—I love, you know, I love the Michelangelo in the artist yeah. world, the, the the physique and mm. sculpturing the body. But I love lifting weights. I love I love being feeling strong. I suppose yeah. so. Pretty much going from working on farms, mm. um I missed that feeling of being strong. So mm. I, I think that's why I got into the gym when that's I was about fifteen. I got. I went to a gym and that ended up being my family, my life. There's a certain,
0: there's a certain level of endurance and strength you need to be on a farm because it's...
1: It's full on. Yeah, it's
0: it's seven days a week and it's... Is that it someone coming up the driveway? It is. That's all right. We can uh, we can put a put a pause on this and come back to it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll press pause and we'll be back. But
1: anyway.
0: yeah, so you're saying it's nice to not have the stress of...
1: What, having fe- trophies well, to
0: organise and registrations. Yeah, that, that and
1: that side of things was easy. I think... I, th- I don't know. I think, um, you know, it's hard because, you know, everybody wants to win and yeah. everyone questions it and stuff like that. And me, I suppose, um, I do take things a little bit personal and want to yeah. always have the, the p- best opportunity for the athlete.
0: Did you ever find that people... I mean, it's, it's, this sort of I guess, it happens everywhere, but did you ever find that people after a show would... Um, Would come up to you and sort of, if they didn't win or they didn't think they placed as highly as they thought, they'd blame you personally or you felt like it's...
1: For the amount of shows that I ran and for the amount of members that I saw get up on stage, competitors get up on stage, I had very few of those and I think that's being a girl, I think I was sort of lucky that I didn't get a lot of people giving me too hard a time and I've sort of, I think I got the name in the industry that I was always a fair person, how...
0: But I mean, like you didn't judge, though, did you? Like, no. like Dad doesn't judge. And no, I, don't judge, I so never
1: judged. I it's... never hosted the shows. I just thought that mm. I was there to promote the shows and support yeah. the athletes, which okay. is what I love doing. So, yeah.
0: well you see, you're saying earlier that you started thinking, I well, you, you made the decision to walk or to step away from A and a- B in November last year, yeah. but you had it sort of in, in the back of your mind for a little while before that. And was that more t- tied into moving up to Flowerdale and getting out of I that city so.
1: life? I think so. I think it was that thing of wanting to do something different. Um, I suppose walking away, things just didn't work out, I suppose, with yeah. the A&B and w- there. And I thought, well, I you know to be able to walk away and start something afresh and mm. new was sort of exciting to me also in the end.
0: It's a, it's a big decision to... I guess step away from something that you've done for ten years plus, yeah. all of the other time in the '90s that was that you were I was there involved, involved in
1: it. it. Yeah, yeah. Um, it took a little while of the transition to set in. I'll be uh, super truthful to you though, um like I said to you, promoting just an all-natural federation, which yeah. was I was always on that bandwagon. Even yeah. though for me it was all about bodybuilding. At yeah. the end of the day, it was never because growing up I trained with all the big boys because yeah. that's all there was. But there wasn't many. There weren't any of these fitness shows and that in yeah. the days that I started getting into bodybuilding. It was all bodybuilding.
0: Did you find... I mean, was there any um, criticism from within the ANB after you decided to walk away? Or if there was, I mean, do, do you think...
1: I haven't heard yeah, anything, A&B. so do you know anything? Not, they, no, not that, I, anything? Not, not that I know of it. No, but I haven't again, heard anything. In, in Look, at the end of the day, so. I can... I've always... I can hold my head up high. I know what ha- what's, what's gone on and yeah. what's happened and the reasons behind it and all mm-hmm. that and... Life goes on. Like I always said to people, I'm not, you're never indispensable, you know, everyone's yeah. replaceable and all that I guess sort that, of thing. That's probably the. And,
0: certainly in Victorian bodybuilding, there was you, Tony Lanciano, Tony Doherty, and dad. Yeah. And you were sort of the big four promoters in Victoria. Yeah. Um, and I mean, personally, when I, when I heard that you stepped away, I thought, oh, geez, you know, this is. That's, that's big news. I mean, if, if any of the, the four yeah. major promoters... Had well, I think you're
1: the, like, about the only person that's recognised that. But, you know,
0: that's it. I mean, like, there's yeah. not like... You know, when a state president says, I'm calling it a day, um, that's quite significant. For, I mean, and, and, and in terms of...
1: Well, unfortunately, you know, I, I, I looked at it this way when I made a decision to step back for a while. I'd said to some certain people... I still want to be involved. Yeah. Um, I just need time out for a year, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I still want to do this, this and this. I just don't want the other added stress of... The financial stress of running the shows at the yeah. time. Whatever. Whatever it was sort of thing. And um, well, yes, yeah, You've you got other things bigger. to focus on. Well, the show yeah. was the shows were getting bigger. They needed yeah. more time. Yeah. At, that, at the time that I made the decision, I couldn't get proper internet. So my yeah. phone bills were a yeah, lot of seems, money, yeah. which... No big deal, but when you get four and a half thousand dollars phone bills every month, you go Oof. on really, and you're fighting the you're fighting with the, the Telstra. Good old that, Telstra. You
0: had a four and a half thousand dollars. I did, Jeez. I did, and it was,
1: yeah, I did. And uh, look, I had because I'd been running a company. I had and we're sort of getting off track, but we had yeah. a company. Um, when I moved out here, they didn't yeah. want to give me the same package because okay. there was no lines. So we went and got the lines in, but then there was no ports yet. Other right, people okay. that moved in afterwards yep. got the port, so in the end, I had to have dongles, yep. and then they would give me a credit.
0: Right. But okay. then it just never. Then managers
1: out. changed, and then they said, "No, we're not going to give you credits anymore." And it's not our fault that we can't give you what you want. And so they started okay. charging me all this ridiculous God, phone that's, bills, that's and I just went, "You know what?" Yeah whatever I suppose so, yeah, when. But I've got it sorted out. Like it's yeah. still three times more than what I'd normally pay if oh, I was living geez. in the city. But
0: I guess for, from a from a promoters perspective, when bodybuilding starts affecting the basics of your everyday life, you know, it's not a job. Most people think that promoters are making money hand over fist, and maybe some are, but. I uh, we, we certainly don't, and I don't I don't know whether you ever were with AP. Look, A&B, it provided
1: but... me with a lifestyle that I could give back to the industry that I thought mm. would you know I gave back to the industry a lot. Yeah. Um, probably one of the top, and I'm, this is a now another truthful thing that I sort of went oh wait on, which I thought that would be really recognised within the industry, but yet mm. it sort of was, and I gave away forty eight thousand dollars worth of cash money. Wow. Um. T- two or three years ago yeah, and I thought it would be something that the magazines would pick up I thought yeah. it would be something that other people would go wow Was you that know? in one show? No 48,000 over three shows I okay. gave away so that's, that a, that's
0: still, that's uh, still that's a lot, a lot of money amount,
1: Excuse the French No but, no, but that, that's, that's you know, really And um, I didn't get n- it was like and I said to my husband oh well that it's not really what the athlete wants is money yeah. then at the yeah. end of the day but I really did put into t- sending people overseas mm given you know there were yeah. there's not many people that get given two hundred two thousand dollars in a in an envelope and go go and have a good time go and represent yeah. australia or yeah. whatever sort of thing but you know what i did it because i love it and i could i could at the time yeah. um
0: do you think that the competitors that you were helping financially with that uh, do they respond well to that or was it sort of
1: unfortunately the industry doesn't I think the the rage at now is that people want to be free-spirited. They don't want to belong to just one federation. Mm. So a lot of the times, a lot of the athletes wouldn't even acknowledge that I'd given them the money and that because it was just either expected or they didn't want to be seen mm. supporting one federation over another. Yeah. So I, in some ways, looking back in hindsight, I should have got that 48,000, picked 20 people and taken them overseas all in one go, including yeah. myself. Yeah. Has for and gone. Did to
0: you? did you travel overseas with? No, with your
1: teams? I'm not a flyer, Daniel. So sure. I prefer to share other people to do represent me. Um, anyone that's flown with me knows that I'm a hopeless flyer. But with that, i got of, better. A couple
0: of sleeping tablets and trying. And oh, chill going out. to
1: Bali a bottle of vodka. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that helped. <Yep. laughs> but no, and um, that was back when I was 19 or whatever, yeah. 24 when I did that. But no. Um, I've got better with the flying but I prefer to I prefer to ride horses. Cruise and drive ships? No, I'll get seasick like this tomorrow. God. I'm a scuba diver though. Okay. So I'll, I'll scuba dive, I don't. was trying to think, how can we
0: get you overseas?
1: Oh, you can uh, train
0: and then uh well, yeah. Oh, <laughs> look, I,
1: if I have a successful year, if I have a successful year, I'll yeah. get my passport happening again. I'd love to come over to to support all the athletes at the Universe or something like that. That would yeah. be pretty cool to go to Brazil next yeah. year. Is it Brazil next yeah, year? Yeah, Brazil. So the yeah, Universe. one of the most spiritual centres in should the world. Be, uh, <laughs> yeah, it
0: should be an interesting time. Um, yeah. And I, I, just from what you were saying before, you know, we've done that in the past where we've provided people with travel incentives or travel mm. bonuses or, or even paid outright their airfare and, and part of their accommodation to go mm, overseas. You know, yeah. Um, and yeah, you know, obviously to go to England, it's... You know, f- for the flights and accommodation, and I think you know it's it's well in excess of two thousand Australian dollars yeah. for that. This is for one person, um, and yeah, people don't appreciate it the way you'd hope they would. Yeah, you know, they'll they'll do that one well, year. Well, this
1: year day and age with and social then, media, you sort of hope that they'll give you a little bit of recognition. Yeah, I think, it's and that's that's where that goes a long way over over that, or well, just a yeah. thanks. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, you know, I sort of. I just wanted to make a difference to the mm. industry I suppose and um, I really believe that I stepped it up I think a bit I think i probably yeah. shook a few people up without them yeah. telling me that because Although
0: I, I definitely when I came on to help dad in probably in, in 2013 the first thing I did was try to get the lay of the land and I knew I obviously knew who Tony Doherty was because I'd been to the IFBB shows yeah. before and I'd done I did some reporting for Iron Man magazine on his pro shows and that um I knew Tony Lanciano because uh, the gym he bought in uh, Bell Street yes. was actually owned by a friend of ours, Tony Benza. It was originally Tony oh, Benza's gym, and he I sold it to Tony that. Lanciano. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I'd never met you, and I didn't really know much about you. And I remember thinking...
1: Who is this yeah, chick? Well, I, I just,
0: <laughs> like, like you know, having been in, in bodybuilding for you know, pretty much all of my life, um, you know, I just, yeah, the... the um, the unknown quantity for me was the ANB. I didn't really know much about it, and it always seemed like you were really raising the bar production value wise and the, for your competitors' experience. You you were you were well, really loved, trying to. You know,
1: I always said that if the, the athlete had a good experience, you can't run a show a competition without bodybuilders. So it's all yeah. about giving them a good experience. And it took me the ten years to really realize it wasn't mm-hmm. a monetary thing that the athlete. Wanted anyway, they mm. were happy with the serve, you know, good a good serve. show, yeah. recognition. Um, mm. I, spo- I suppose I did it, went that little bit further ahead and always tried to support the athlete after the competitions. Mm. I got to know every co- every competitor, yeah. I think that probably well, is a little bit different to what's you know, a lot of other yeah. promoters that don't maybe have the time. Mm. I well, that's it. an
0: interesting point, though. I mean, supporting people after the contest, it's and there's a lot of um. There's a lot of professional sports now that are looking at athlete wellness and athlete oh, sure. he- mental health and that, and and what they're doing after they stop competing. Um, and I think in bodybuilding, it's one of those things that really is missing that we don't we don't yeah you know, we seem to focus all our all our attention on that twenty week period coming into a show, then it's done and then it's all the hype and excitement's gone. After about a week, there's no more photos. You know, no, it's there's all, no it's all, there's no of, the
1: celebration. The people is, have eaten their cake, they've put yeah. on five
0: kilos and they're not, yeah, they're not feeling as good, not, <laughs> good about themselves no. as they were.
1: Look, I think, I think the post-comp, I, I always try to make, people always say that bodybuilding is a, a lonely sport. I always say to people it's, it's, it doesn't need to be because mm. I found that for me training at a gym, it was the family environment that kept me going. So it where were my, you training? Oh, in Melbourne, oh, the first gym I went to, it closed down. It was one in Chapel Street because I ended up getting work in Chapel Street. Yeah. Um, oh, I can't even think of its name. The Olympic, I think. Okay, yeah. I think Olympia? Olymp- no, Olympia. Oh, I can't remember. Anyway, that, that ended up closing down and I went there, paid, the, it was $900, I can remember, for the oh, membership or something. Went then. there's a note saying they'd gone into receivership. But I ended up I ended up going, I used to go to Tony Doherty's gym. Yeah. Um... But that was a bit far, far away and then in the end I moved to R- Ringwood mm-hmm. and I asked around and I ended up at Muscle and Body Shape. Okay. So I was there for about eight years.
0: Muscle and Body Shape, is that not George Japan's, Japan's gym? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. That's not in Ringwood though, is it? That's oh, uh, Because there's, there's Muscle and no, Body Shape in, in Richmond, Chapel Street. Richmond. Oh, in Richmond, yeah. Okay, sorry, sorry, did I say Ringwood? Okay.
1: Yeah, sorry. So I ended up there but then because I was right into my training, mm. I used to go to several gyms yeah. because... Not every gym liked you being on the leg press or for you know hogging it for three hours and <laughs> stuff like that, so in those days we were crazy the way we trained and then yeah. um, so I floated around amongst a few gyms in the city and well, it seems to be the way
0: the way people did it in the, you know in the, in, the, in the past but when you worked on one side of the city and you lived on the other side of the city, you'd have a gym close to home you'd have a for gym sure. over the other side of the city yeah. you might have one in between if you you know you're meeting people and yeah. I, having spoken to dad about his training over the years there were always sort of three or four gyms that he could go to at any one time yeah you'd, you know, you'd know people you'd you know, know most bodybuilders
1: team. they've always yeah. got three or four memberships yeah. like we're a, bit, we're a bit crazy in those days these
0: yeah. days everyone's sort of i guess because of the competitive nature of the gym industry people are trying to you know grab as many people as they can and
1: so I Make think it's the I see the yeah. gyms, it's all about the social community side of it and yeah. being able to train and there were some gyms that just didn't have the equipment that I liked. You mm. know, there's some equipment, pieces of equipment that I love at Doldy's gym. Um, I even popped my head into Athletics once yeah. or twice anonymously. You know? was, yeah,
0: so you, yeah. when we were talking a while ago, you said that you hadn't met Dad until... <laughs> What's that? <laughs> another
1: the, car.
0: Another car? Oh, God. We'll have to put this on pause. But you said you said you hadn't met Dad before. He came this year. into
1: the no. He did. He came. He came into the shop. We we had a shop. Yeah. I can remember. He was the only promoter that actually rung, We when I rung to work out dates, and that that would actually communicate mm. with me, and we so actually you, worked you, together a little you, bit. You called.
0: You called up and said, oh, look, I'm running a show on this date. When are your yeah, dates?" You so not, not, yeah, you call with that. Yeah, because
1: I I always thought that a, an athlete should be able to stop off at. Many stations, not just one train station. Here's
0: a here's a funny thing. We've got uh, the IFB Victorian Championships on today. The INBA National Championships in Sydney. There's the IFBB uh, Queensland Championships in Queensland, obviously. The WBFF in Queensland, WFF over in Perth. All on the same day, the 16th of October. There's enough
1: for it to go around. I should. I've got somebody here again. Can we put this on
0: pause? Yeah, I'll be
1: back. (laughs) (laughs) This is my life.
0: Let's talk some chickens and eggs. Why uh, Why chickens?
1: I, <laughs> I was, look, I always had a dream that I would le- lead a sustainable life mm. on my farm. Yeah, It was by chance that my brother came to live with me. I only ended up being three weeks, yeah. but he came to live with me. And um, growing up, I can remember him loving his birds. So mm-hmm. I pretty much, we got a credit card and off yeah. we went and bought chickens. And right, okay. um, then... When he, did, when he left, yeah. um, I basically went, well...
0: So you, had you already bought the property here in King... In, uh, I'd what, already in, bought and the property. And then my
1: brother decided to move in with us. And yeah. um, like I said, it didn't work out yeah. um, for whatever reasons. And um, he's left me with all these birds that we've just bought <laughs> these birds. I remember going to one auction and just spending quite a bit of money. And I just went, well, I'm what's, just gonna- I
0: mean, What's the average chicken worth?
1: Well, it depends. If you've come to me, that yeah. you know, an average chicken, $40, a nice okay. pure bread. Yep. But after going to an auction the other day to have yeah. a look as a girlfriend said, oh, you're not charging enough for chickens. Because chickens are mm. the craze at the mm. moment, you know, which is great, they yeah. leave, you know, whatever, give you eggs. And, um, is there another car? No way.
0: That might be another car. <laughs> Is it? It is.
1: Hey, that's hysterical. <laughs>
0: so that's... But,
1: well, uh, this is obviously yeah, a good sign. Good, you're doing a very good business I did, here. Well, I decided a few years... I decided only a couple of days ago mm. that my chicken business would be yeah. my business. Yeah. Um, it was enough fluffing around trying to make money through other streams. Mm. And it's worked since I've made that decision...
0: I mean, like, so this and is, for you, this is like purebred chickens, there's no, like all of your, they're all in, Top in
1: quality. I've basically... Free ranging, barn three,
0: laid, you know... Yeah, for three exhibits.
1: years I've worked on getting my breeds right and yeah. teaching myself how to breed. And so you're a registered
0: breeder as well?
1: I'm not a registered... Well, I, I am with some of the places. I have yeah. had other customers register me, but officially... No, there yep. does. You don't need to be an official registered breeder, but okay. I'm known as an official yep. breeder by through the industry now. Yeah.
0: So I mean, you've got eggs coming out of you. Yeah. <laughs> egg, hey, eggs those era. eggs are so, my golden eggs. So if it, so, I mean, if there's any uh, bodybuilders out there who want, there's another car coming up the driveway. Um, who wants some eggs? Yeah. They can come to you and. Well, you, they can, you but you I'd sell, rather. you sell your eggs here?
1: Not to eat, they're for okay. hatching, because they're worth more to me, me selling my eggs for so hatching. So, should I,
0: should I hatch these ones then? Well, that It'd lady that off. came before, she yeah. just
1: bought a, a, a mixed Next dozen for yep. $35. Okay. Um, to be honest with you, if I advertise them, I could have got more, but if people yeah. come to my farm, it's just easier. Well,
0: well if, you want, if you're a bodybuilder out there listening to this yeah. and you want a chicken. Yeah,
1: to raise your own chicken. Yeah. So, you can process your own chickens, it's yeah. a cheaper way to do it. Yeah, yeah.
0: So, they, they, they lay, what, one egg a day, yeah. roughly? Yeah, one egg a day. It's Every right.
1: 27 hours, actually.
0: All right, well, put on pause customer. again and we'll sell some more chickens. <laughs> hey. Yeah. Self-laughing. All right, so it's clearly, clearly you're very, very busy.
1: That's No, I'm not busy, Daniel. What <laughs> makes you think that? No, I so, thought people think that I live on a farm and just sit here and watch the world go by, but no. <laughs> I mean,
0: how, you know, on an average day, how busy do you get here?
1: Look, it's funny because when I first started the chicken thing, it was more to do the farmers market. Yeah. I didn't really think that I would, but I have people coming to my farm. But I actually enjoy showing the children mm-hmm. the animals and, and educating the. Most of my customers are all new backyarders for chook okay. owners, so yeah. I like to just educate. Which is what I'm good at. Is I yeah. like supporting people, I suppose. So it's
0: sort of. So, how much space do you need? Like, if you've got one or two. Chickens. Chickens in your backyard.
1: I always say go odd numbers. So if yep. one dies, it's always got a friend. But yep. um, you don't need a lot of room. But well, you've seen I've got sixty-eight acres here, yep. and all the chooks are close to their pens. They don't leave far. Like they yeah. like to be, they like to feel secure near there where they sleep and near mm. their home.
0: But it's not necessary for to have a, a hen and a rooster together. You can have hens on their own
1: for sure. And, and That's all you need to lay eggs is hens.
0: Uh, yeah. So I mean, yeah. I know. Uh, a lot of councils don't let you have roosters, roosters. anyway. Some so. you'd
1: have to check with your local shire, but yeah. most, yeah, in the city, like you won't be allowed to have roosters. But c- when you come out further out, like Hertzbridge and yeah. and and places like that, they usually let you have one or unless a com- or unless. A well,
0: I suppose once you're on a, a plot of land this size, yep. sixty-eight acres is that's big. It is. It's really big. Like like that's. I'm trying to think. You don't have motorbikes here or anything.
1: Oh, my stepsons. Yeah, they but, get into their motorbike riding.
0: So I mean, how, I mean, we're sitting in the in the barn. But how far does it extend? Is it?
1: Well, several... if you went up the hill, it's a kilometre from the bottom of that gate where you were yep. looking at Kevin, to the top of the hill, and then right across. So wow, okay. It's I think the I think it's like from here down to the end of my property. It's another 700 metres. It's about 1.3 kilometres long. Wow, or something. That's so, that's a yeah, yeah. that's a big.
0: Because, and really, the, the the active part of it's only a small portion of that.
1: Well, really. not really. I need all that land to feed the horses, <laughs> so the horses. Do look, want... It's nice. Like I didn't. It's I don't run out of too much feed, and that yeah. you know having this much land. But so. that's
0: I guess that's for the horses, not for the chickens.
1: Chickens don't need a lot of land at all, no. really. They don't like wandering much. Most of them.
0: So for someone who's interested in maybe. Getting a backyard chicken uh, yeah. and that for eggs and and whatnot. Yeah, it's what, what's, the best way. What's your What's your advice?
1: I oh, would start off with maybe three. Yeah, you need somewhere where you can lock them up safely at night time. Most of my customers are suburban, so there's foxes around, and yeah. that's what will take them. And mm. um, and yeah, you get your fresh eggs, and then. At the end of the cycle, you can even put them in the pot too, if you wanted to. But <laughs> yeah. you, you know, they become pets, really. Yeah. But so that's not. Well, what how
0: long? Doing. How long would a chicken usually lay for before it, it stops?
1: Look, some of those battery cage chooks, which I don't have, they will like they only lay for a two year span. But yeah. I've got a chook, I've got a couple of chooks that are still laying. They're about five years old. Wow. So okay.
0: Well, how long does a chicken live for before it oh, I've passes had away naturally? Friends that
1: have had ones that live up to eleven years of age wow. and stuff like that, but, but
0: they're only obviously laying for
1: the first thing. look. The first three four years is the best years yeah. of their lives, really. Yeah. So, but there's no reason why, yeah, you'll get you'll still get the odd egg in from your oldies generally.
0: Yeah. Okay, um, and, and I mean when you're buying eggs in the supermarket, hopefully people are buying free range or barn laid. Mm. Um, I mean, is there a big difference between free-range and barn-laid? Just the
1: space that the breeders are allowed to. So, for example, if I had somebody visit me, like I think it's per bantam, it's 0. 0.4 metres or something, and then per... Okay. per You know, they need certain yeah. space, which is only fair. And you mm. want them to be happy anyway, because yeah. if they're happy, they'll keep laying your eggs, yeah. Do you know what I mean. And Well,
0: yours has certainly got plenty of space.
1: Well, mm. they have variety. Yeah. See, mine... I do have some breeds that are in lockdown because yep. it's breeding season, so they have yep. to be in lockdown and stuff. But they still have time to go and free range and eat grass and mm. during the day, and or you know, make sure I give them extra nutrients or whatever sort of thing. So you sort of have to, you F- know.
0: So foxes are a problem here, though. For
1: sure, they're horrible. <laughs> what about snakes? Did we get many? Yes, we've had snakes and where there's chickens, there's eggs, and snakes yes. like to eat eggs, so there are snakes. But I've just found that if you don't get scared of a snake, the snake won't do anything, you know. You just let it go, and I just sort of look at it and go, please leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> don't come, you know, and they l- usually leave. Yeah. You know, they're not too bad.
0: So moving back to the bodybuilding side mm. of things, um, you I know you have you've been or you've done mm. counselling... Stuff in the past is that correct? Mm-hmm. I work What's... at my
1: local primary school as an art therapist.
0: So that that's an interesting yeah. I'm counsellor. That's, that's yeah. Yeah. Tell tell me about art therapy. Let's...
1: Well, it's just a it's a way to for people to to work through their emotions and feelings through art basically, and expressing themselves through using you know yeah. writing or drawing has a way of expressing themselves. So you don't have to be an artist. It's more about mm. using that as a medium where, between the counsellor and the person. Mm. Um, wanting some support or therapy or coaching or counseling mm. um, I was fortunate enough to be asked to put I had my program some accepted at my local primary school so yeah. I work with 44 children every two oh, weeks wow. yeah That's fantastic yeah it's pretty cool
0: is are they all are they all engaging in, in a th- I do a, it a, as a group a therapy okay. um,
1: obviously I'll single out if I need to draw out different yeah children because they need that extra support or whatever. Mm. So, for example, last week's topic was let's write a fairy tale. We're all going to be authors. Yep. But everyone had to be a, a hero, not yep. the villain, in yep. their fairy tale okay. with a happy ending. So they had to relate that to something in their real life. Yep. And I am working with preppies to mm. um, grade sixes and stuff.
0: So the kids that you're working with, are they all kids that have been identified by the school as in need of some intervention or is it just...
1: It's just that, look, this school has got some high-level children Mm. but um, anybody can benefit from art therapy. It's just Mm. a great way. It's a great way. So basically it's a lot of reflecting, a lot of, um, you know, sharing the tools that I've learnt and giving it to the children and helping Mm. the children have a voice. So I do like working with older people um, purely because you can go a bit deeper because Mm. there's only a certain level that you can with the children. But... I'll give you an example, a young student that's got the, uh, his, therap- his his mental capacities of a three-year-old, he's about Fantastic. six, yeah. and he picked up a pen and traced and put it to paper for the first time ever in his life. Oh, wow. so, and that's after seven seven sessions of him ignoring me, not yeah. wanting to have nothing to do with me, and yeah. not, something twigged, and I, I, I found something that we, we both just connected with, mm. and... He, his concentration was for more than 10 minutes on one single thing, wow. which he's never done that. So the carer was like, wow, that's fantastic. Or, and th-
0: and th- I mean that, that's, you know, like for, for most people, they would probably hear that and go, okay, well, that's... But for it's the, a big milestone, a huge milestone. For the, especially for, the, for that child's parents. You know, if that's... Uh, if you've got a, a six-year-old with the mental capacity of a three-year-old, um, any, anything like that is a, a massive jump forward.
1: For sure. Um, and it's even like the child last week we've gone, when we are working with being a hero in your own story mm. he actually cra- cracked it with me and I <laughs> said what are you doing and I won't say his name Damn. and I said start writing, start drawing so they had to write their story yeah. and then they had to draw their story and yeah. make a book so we actually made a book and made it all pretty and they were an author yeah. and he cracked it and he said well I'm not a hero I'm a, I'm a villain, I'm the bad person I'm always told I'm the bad person yeah. So he's cracked it with me, and I've gone, yeah. Really? So, do you want some time with me? I always give him an option. Mm. And he came and sat with me, but he was getting <sighs> that was Mr. Buff, he's getting <laughs> sidetracked. So I said to him, You and me, we're going for a walk. And yeah. he cracked it with me. He goes, I'm not a villain, I've got, I'm, I'm a villain, I'm not a hero. Yeah. Um, everyone knows me, has the angry boy. Mm. And I've even thrown chairs at teachers, and that. he's highly. Oh, oh, yeah very high level and I said to him well well, I've heard that but I said I actually like you I said I'm sure you've got a story tell Mm. me of a story where you could change the story so you could be the hero and Mm. he went on to tell me that basically (laughs) it came out that he lives up to his brothers and his brothers are the ones that pick on him and that's it comes out sideways his anger and he said, I'm, I'm not going to write. And I said, well, I'll write the story. You tell me the story, but you, the condition is. And yeah. we came to a meeting that he would cut out the story, stick yeah. it in his book and draw to her his okay. feelings. And yeah. guess what happened? Oh, yeah. He ended up writing a story and he was the hero of saving, saving his brothers, getting yeah. picked on, and yet it was usually his brothers that get picked on, yeah. uh, pick on him, yeah. and um, in a fight. And mm. cut a long story short, he was all smiles by the end of the oh, one wow. and a half sessions. That's so that's how powerful I think it is. So how did you get involved in this? Art therapy, Um, I took on art therapy because I had a good girlfriend, a friend of mine that we grew up, well, we went through party days together and Mm. she ended up changing her life and becoming an art therapist Mm. and she convinced me to get to study it and um, I sort of was looking at being, do I be just a normal counsellor, a coach, Mm. whatever and um, I love being artistic and I love what art has done for me. What's
0: your favourite medium?
1: probably pastels yeah yeah for sure you can smudge it and (laughs) you can you know get your hands dirty and stuff like that so cool yeah
0: so how long have you been doing that
1: i have been i think i studied about four or five years ago Mm um i now work for the school i have worked for a couple of years i worked for a house the community house where i work with a group of disabled how big's the school only forty-four
0: children. Okay, so it's the entire school. Okay, yeah, right. But, okay, all right, but
1: so. I work in two different groups. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, that's really, yeah. I, mean, I guess people probably wouldn't like. I guess the, the more the more people learn about you, the more they go, "Wow, you know, there's, there's so many different facets to Maria."
1: I <laughs> know oh, oh, and you're the first person that's said that that has actually but, but, recognised but that, that. But that that's you know,
0: cool that's cool you know from there's the bodybuilding side of you mm. and there's the there's the chickens and the farm and well life's never I was, boring I was walking around before I was thinking you know if there was a nuclear war you would survive because you've got like this is t- this is totally sustainable
1: Oh, you Living. wait till I have my yeah. house in my hill. I'm gonna yeah. build a house in my hill one day. <laughs> <laughs> nah. I don't know. Yeah, no, it's cool. It's what I'd love to be, what, s- s- you know, completely self-sustainable, but I'm not that. I'm not much of a well, green I mean, finger, even though I've started a yeah. veggie patch. But.
0: but I mean, like this is, I guess, as, as close to being off the grid as you could. For sure. Get right now. Yeah. I mean, there's obviously yeah there's some things. Especially you when you're done.
1: boiling water because you've ran out of gas to have yeah. a shower last night. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, but I mean, you've got solar power. Solar? No, battery.
1: no. I've got I mean, it for my chickens. Oh, for the chickens yeah. <laughs> I just got that <laughs> in just recently. So, but no, well, I look at it this way: the chickens is what's going to um, provide me with a little bit of cash flow, so mm. I can feed all the animals and live the lifestyle that I want to lead. Mm. So. My, that has come first over renovating our house, and I'm lucky I've just got a family that yeah. really is supportive and don't care.
0: Um, so on the other side of things, you, you've also got Success Trails events with, with Eve. With Eve John,
1: yeah. yeah.
0: Um, tell me about that. How did that come about?
1: Look, it's, it's something that we're just dabbling in. I often get people asking me to help them to run workshops or yeah. help promote their businesses and stuff. Um, I've sort of put that a little bit on the back burner at the moment, but mm. with that said, there's some exciting workshops that Eve's doing, which she's asked me. You know, eventually, yep. I'll probably be supporting her, promoting them, and um, it's just something that I know I love running events. I don't. Mm. I think that's always going to be in my blood and mm. and stuff like that. But so that sort of came about so I could still have a finger in the pie a little bit and yeah. be known, continue to be known as a events promoter without having Mm. the federation behind me i suppose
0: i guess it's uh, um it's probably a little bit more controllable you get to choose when where and when you you want to do things it's not set by dates of other competitions or anything like that oh the pressure's
1: completely off the pressure's completely off i suppose and um you know i suppose i put a lot of pressure on myself though because it was never you know i Mm. i would even if is say I knew I wasn't a big event, I was still drug test if I knew that I was yeah. drug testing at that event and things like that. Like I always th- I, I always went that one step further I suppose. Mm. Well I hoped I did and I think I did. So, so. how does the
0: drug testing work? I mean we okay, I guess all natural organizations have different
1: regimens. Yeah, we, we were, a and a- we B was
0: signed up we were, we signed with the SAD Yep,
1: so SARDA and um, literally I mean I developed a relationship with them mm. over a while. You can come in. <laughs> <laughs> he can edit it. <laughs> I'll put, I'll put He's this on, getting I, used to it. I'll
0: put this on pause.
1: <laughs> Don't worry, it's been pretty casual, Mel.
0: <laughs> With roosters crow- crowing in the background, it's, uh, <laughs> it's been, a, it been an interesting and three one. interruptions. <laughs> so, um, I think we were talking about drug testing. Mm-hmm. What wh- I mean? How strict is is drug testing in bodybuilding? because I see I see competitions it, and
1: do you want the honest truth? Yeah. I think people I think it's a whole heap of hogwash to be <laughs> honest with you. <laughs> and it, it cost me, you know, 10 12 grand a year and at the end of the day I mean I, anyone in the bodybuilding industry would know knows what goes really on and mm-hmm. stuff like that and at the end of the day you know, I did it to, I, I look I still think that I still think that there's a caliber of of Respect that I did do the drug testing, yeah, and stuff like that. But
0: I mean, are you drug testing the the winners right after the when show? When I first
1: got into the industry, running the federation, it mm-hmm. was I wasn't allowed to because that was signalling out what you like. You it had to be a random thing. So we used to do yeah. numbers out of a a bag,
0: yeah. and then
1: in the last few years, the same people that I got, it's, it's the same people that are still working mm. in Melbourne for them, in the end. Um, they would say, "Is anyone that you would like?" Mm. I would never say, "Yes, him, him, or him." What mm. I would do was go the overall winners. Mm. I used to test and then I'd pick what, however many I could afford at the time yeah. to test. I'd do like the un- where are all the big guys? were are yeah. all the, you know whatever? Assuming I mean, at the end of the day,
0: and, but uh, see so that that to me seems logical that you'd pick the people who who are the overall winners, the ones who are yeah, going to be yeah. out there as your showpieces for the next six yeah. months or twelve months, yeah. Well, you want to be able to say, Yeah, we've held our head up high. If someone who comes fifth or sixth is using something, I guess you we could say, Well, it doesn't really matter anyway because they didn't win. But if the person who wins and beats all these other people is on something, um, you know, it, it, look,
1: it, I, yeah, I, it takes the prob- away from... The, the pressure has been taken off in the sense... I love just promoting the bodybuilding side of it. Just mm. lift weights, look good, look the best, have your own opinion. It's a yeah. bit subjective to what a person looks like up on stage, I suppose. Mm. It used to frustrate me, like, if I saw somebody that won. Mm. At the end of the day, I'm not going to go door-knocking to take their trophy on and make a big hoo-ha and go, oh, he got caught. To yeah. me, it's he's, he's already... He's already living that lie by competing on a natural stage when he mm. clearly knew he wasn't. That's how I used to logically think.
0: Yeah. Well,
1: um, I well, never really made focus on that. I used to say to all my true naturals, just focus on being the best version of who you can be. Mm. And my my know. my
0: boss at work, um, Richard Redman, is he, a, a lawyer, and he worked for Asada, and he also worked for the English equivalent of Asada, and he said to me that. In Australia, the having bodybuilding drug tested, it's basically shooting fish in a barrel. And he, in England, they had all of the box, the boxing federations. Um, they were all signed up to the the English anti-doping code uh, through yeah, water, yeah. and that for them was the same thing. They uh, the, the the English mob would just show up. They would drug test whoever they wanted. It would you know they'd provide the bill to the boxing uh, authority and. They'd catch people out left, right, and centre. Well, um, oh. I mean, I know if you look at the Asada website, there's people from various
1: federations, federations on there already. On there.
0: I mean, given that you know people in Australia are not, there's only a very small number of people who are ever going to make a full-time living out of bodybuilding. Mm. Is there really a, a lot of validity in? drug testing people who are doing this as a hobby, really?
1: Look, I used to bang the drum of natural and supporting the natural athlete, and I think the natural athletes respected that I was supporting them in that way. It was never to clean up the sport. Like I mm. said, most of my good mates yeah. are all in the big federations and stuff like that, and, that, the, and you know, whatever. It's more... It's more. I think there's some people now, compared to when I first started in the industry... Yeah. Well, You know, more than half my life More than half my life Um, You know, the look has just changed so much And that beautiful aesthetic Mm. You know, the look of the symmetry And the balance of the body Has changed and Mm. overdeveloped In my opinion But with that said You know, I've come and looked at the stages Of never The last two shows that I've been involved in And um, there's some amazing physiques Some beautiful physiques that are on there You Mm. know, so As far as I'm concerned I guess it's yeah. You know, it's all about that. If, at if the end people of the day, have the
0: genetic potential to be physically, you know, proportioned and, and as close yeah. to perfect as they can be, um, they're gonna get that whether they're natural or un- Absolutely. Or, or, yeah.
1: Absolutely. Um
0: so you know, being in being in a promoter for ten years you'd obviously have some
1: Great stories. Great stories. <laughs> oh. Well yeah, I What's, don't know. What but, sort of stories? I don't, I don't know. know. I mean, My golly gosh. What, I don't know. There's so many different incidences I suppose
0: what would be your funniest moment as a
1: promoter oh look I think the the, the character of the personalities of some of the competitors is yeah. funny but I don't know like funniest
0: uh, Gee. have you ever had just a, a comedy of errors
1: or look something? you get you get Funny questions, I suppose, or silly what's questions. The, what's the
0: funniest question you've? I oh, just
1: silly, and I've talked about it often when I do my workshops and that. But things like, you know, um, at ten o'clock at night, I've got a phone call and stupid me as a promoter has, has answered it. Go, Maria, I'm on, I'm on, the treadmill. I have to go to the toilet. Oh, it's three days out from comp. Is it going to affect my? Is it going to affect me if I stop my cardio? Or, you know, and I've <laughs> gone, and I, my response has been, "Are you wow. got to be joking?" I've, I've gone. Oh, you know your water bottle? she goes, What do I do? And I said, Well, you know your water bottle, have you got a drink bottle there? And I said, y- Yeah, and I said, Can you manage to keep doing your cardio and pissing the bottle? And she goes, You're <laughs> taking the Mickey out of me. And I said, Well, you've rung me at ten thirty and I'm the stupid oh my one God. <laughs> to to you're the stupid and I'm oh, the stupid wow. one that's answering this question. So you get sort of questions like that or you know, you'll get as a promoter they think that I'm the dietitian or the nutritionist yeah. or whatever and they'll ring up a, you know week out and go I'm not happy with my coach or diet dietitian can you help me um is it okay if i eat um i don't know an apple yeah. two apples today instead of one or you know it's just questions like that that are just be logical about about it like you know it's
0: I, I know that like when people are dieting there's obviously that a lot of mental fatigue um and it it can manifest in some really really bizarre ways and obviously mm. you know people Getting on the treadmill going, oh, geez, should I get off and go take a
1: know, you know going <laughs> yes, to affect me? Unfortunately, or? there's a lot of coaches and trainers. In the past, there's some amazing ones these days also, but in the past, there's a lot of coaches and trainers that will put expectations on their clients so that way it makes them feel that their way is the only right way. But yeah. I keep saying, to, I've always said to a lot of my competitors that you can't reinvent the wheel. There's no real secrets in bodybuilding I'm, how to get there there's tips and tricks to be a better bodybuilder but yeah. at the end of the day it's all about lifting heavy weights and and good weights and dieting correctly to get mm. that desired effect you know and so you, you'll you get things like i'll get you know one competitor kept saying to me i'm going to prove to everybody maria that i can eat a mars bar every day and still be a bodybuilder and i'm like Yes, you can eat a Mars bar every day Mm. and be a bodybuilder, but are you going to be first place or second place up on stage? So the three times I watched her compete, Mm. she was either second or third place, right? We won't say the name of that lady, but I just laughed at that because Mm. I used to say to people, if you're going to be, you know, why would you try to reinvent the wheel that Mm. has been going on for centuries, really? It's not a new thing, this bodybuilding and getting ready for competition, Mm. you know? So...
0: So have to edit this bit out and just try yeah. <laughs> to think what we've covered already. Um, from, okay, from where you've seen bodybuilding originate from your you know, your, your earlier days in the early 90s, um, how much has the industry changed?
1: Oh, there's a lot more competition out there. Um.
0: Do you think the the competition between the promoters is a lot more fierce these days than what it was previously? Simply because there's more promotions and there's more promoters and...
1: That just I suppose it hasn't helped that the likes of myself and a few others that have wanted to change the what you're giving the competitor mm-hmm. at a show, you know, like now Glen, Glen running the Bendigo Classics and having that that you know that going that little bit extra with yeah. with putting on a show rather than just a competition mm-hmm. has, is a big change. But at the end of the day, you know, all the you know we're all there for the competitors to yeah. have a stage for them to compete on. It really doesn't matter. In my eyes, it doesn't matter how how many lights and glitter there is at the end mm. of the day, you know. It's more about the experience that the person's had mm. leading up to the show and on the day of the show.
0: Have you ever, if, if, have you ever had anyone give you feedback uh, either really positively or really negatively that shocked the hell out of you? You
1: ever, you ever had,
0: like, I mean, oh, you know, I've, oh, I've had people... I know, me I've had, had a lawyer. Oh, I've yeah.
1: had a lawyer competitor. Yeah put that with the big things around, like that, whatever. (laughs) Um, Who she, what was her story? She she, I'm a lawyer, she says, and I could sue you for defamination. I called her, I said that she was a master's competitor because she entered a master's division Mm -hmm. and she didn't like the idea that I've titled her and she tried to say that she was going to sue me. I've spoken to head office about, yeah, whatever. So that's another one. Another time, which I had a couple of good people in the industry really back me up because on, you know, those the Bodybuilding Nation yeah, forums and yeah, all that, yeah. they tried to tell people that I'd rigged, you ready for it, rigged yeah. the show because I'd, I hadn't made a guy strip to his jocks to weigh in and yeah. he was dead on, I think, 70 kilos or something. Yeah. He was a lightweight anyway. And I went, well, if you take your shoes off, you take your hat off, you take your jacket off, you're gonna be 69 at yeah. least one kilo, yeah. but because I didn't make it official, it went on that I was a cheat and that I was rigging the system. So whatever, it was okay. it was just a bullshit yeah. thing, right? And, well, uh, well, we'll,
0: I well, dads made people take their undies off. We weigh the undies, and they're always 100 grams or 200 grams. So if you're weighing in right on the line with underwear on,
1: There's gonna be—you know—well, I've been in the industry long <laughs> enough bit, yeah. to go. I can tell. I can—I yeah. can look at a bodybuilder and go, "Yeah, you're an 80 80 kilogram guy." or... Yeah. You know, it just comes with the experience, I suppose. But mm. um, So I've had those sort of incidences, but they've been few and far between, really. Mm. Most of the time it's just been a really positive experience between the competitor mm. and myself. Mm. Um, look, people have the experience, you know, saying that it's a great experience purely because I just communicated with the athletes. You know, mm. I know, you know, I know sometimes from an athlete's point of view it's frustrating if they've rung up and they want a question answered but unfortunately some of the promoters I personally think it's questions that they've asked I could hear the same question over and over again I still have the patience for that person but yeah. then some people forget that you know some promoters probably forget that well wait on this person's never competed before mm. you know so this that's where I suppose I had the name of supporting the, the, the novice athlete which yeah. is was a nice thing I suppose this yeah.
0: is what Oh, from um, you know Vance Ang oh, I uh, yeah. know
1: Vance he knows me very well
0: Van- I think I think Vance and I had actually just uh, talked about you quite a bit and he always sung your praises he said <laughs> you know he was always you know Maria gives so much time to the to the individuals and that everything you did you you oh, just you so had a very high standard and you were always um you always you know saying all right well we did this last time what can we do better next time to make it even more enjoyable and give the competitors a better experience um, so that's my first thought of you—not necessarily yeah. A and B, but you, but you personally—was that um, you, know, you always held yourself to a very high standard, and, and you wanted. to Well, I just thought, as a
1: competitor, to get up on stage to and compete, mm. and there's only two people in the audience. Mm. You know, it's always nicer to a full house. So my yeah. and my attitude is, if I'm running a, a show, mm. I'd rather have the opportunity to fill those seats up mm. rather than having an empty show sort of thing so mm. I sort of had that mentality so that's always nice mm. and um I suppose you know I sort of apart from what went on after the shows with the competitions for the career of the athlete that wanted to be do bodybuilding has has that mm. is I would still there was a selected amount of people that I suppose over the years i've helped promote their profile build their build their build the you know build their profile up through mm. social media and um just opportunities i can remember mm. even from when i first started we've shot ambulance advertising we've been part of different festivals <laughs> i was i was always open to trying a different mm. thing to support the athletes and giving them an opportunity to be out there promoting bodybuilding sort mm. of thing you know and I've, I've never been afraid to promote bodybuilding like whereas some people go oh, it's a freaky thing or whatever mm. but because bodybuilding has always been it's always given me so much as mm. far as, um, I don't know, well, I got into bodybuilding because keeping myself off the streets, really, yeah. to be honest with you, was mm. my second home, my family and that. And that's where, I, it was funny because on Facebook the other day I said, I commented on a post that we talked about father and daughter supporting the daughter compete. And yeah. I, I wrote something, you know, I know where I'd rather my children be is at the mm. gym mm. at the age of 16, then down the mm. pub or down the local corner yeah. doing whatever they do. Mm. And one lady says, "How can you say that? It, it creates this, 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 and this. Mm. You know,
0: creates body issues and all the rest of it. All that. that like you well. know,
1: how could you be so supportive? Of it? I'd left that comment on there because I thought, you know what, that's your opinion. Mm. But I, you know, my opinion so being
0: personally, I think a lot of the a lot of the body issues they start at home. You know, if if you've got parents who are, um, are body body positive or, or parents that are supportive of their yeah. of their children." um as you know no matter how you look you're you're loved and you're respected yeah. and you know your own self-worth then you're a lot in, in a much stronger position mentally to go into a gym and feel okay if you've got uh, for sure you know if you've got a bit well, of it's the tummy first, fat, people
1: fat are, fat people are you know, the first know, to judge people are the first to judge a bodybuilder Right. But yeah. I still believe that a bodybuilder is one of the cleanest way of eating because mm. they don't, you know, they eat so clean. Yeah. And so it is it is a healthy alternative way. It's just that I think some people will take it to the extreme, like, mm. you know, the the topic of, you know, coaches putting, you know, models on steroids or, mm. you know, whatever they get to take there's to a rip f- up. There's a,
0: few, there's a few old stories of certain coaches. Uh, the first thing they do is encourage their competitors to start smoking.
1: Um, yeah, or drink, yeah, to, to or or chew lots of gum. So they'll yeah. chew, and where I'd nice. say to my, because I I've, I've actually worked as a weight loss consultant, believe it or not, that's another career path that I was part of for many years, and and have been a personal trainer. Mm. I am um, would say you know, but that will stimulate that will stimulate all your enzymes, and you're going to get more cravings. It's a, it's just a stupid excuse yeah. sort of thing, or or you know, I see some coaches that will allow athletes to have five or six. Um, artificial sweeteners in their coffee, mm. right? So they get that sweetness taste. But this, the artificial flavours, and they actually slow down metabolism and stuff mm. like that in the end. So if they're having excess of it, it's a waste of time anyway, sort of thing. Gives
0: a lot of people headaches too.
1: Oh, it's there's so They've, many yucky yeah. side effects to it. It's ridiculous. So that's where it's, yeah. Uh,
0: I mean, within Australia, there's not that many uh, women at the top in bodybuilding. Most of the, the organisations are run by men. Yeah. And a lot of people feel that bodybuilding, um, I don't want to say it's... it's Male-dominated? Se- it's it's male-dominated. I don't, I I don't, I don't want to say it's, it's a sexist. It's a man's club. It's, it's Let's sexist, face but it, Daniel. It, it's well, well, a yeah, man's club. Yeah, no, it, I'm it is. I'm only joking. Um, no, it's not. No, but, um, but I mean, you know, even I look at it and I think you know, I'd love to see more more women on stage and you know, uh, in positions of authority... Because I think that that sends a better message to to a lot. female competitors. I think competitors. social
1: media is sort of helping develop people's profiles and give them opportunities to be in the industry and stuff. And I think mm. men or male or female, I still think it's all about how much work they put into it to be that person mm. that they want to be. How and did
0: you find it though, being... As a promoter, in as a, a male, promoter, you know, you know, yeah,
1: I loved it. Because uh, why do you? Why would you go to a gym to? Mm. For me, it was like, I was young, I wanted, I was men, (laughs) you know, and I'll be super honest. People go, what got you in? I go, well, men, bodybuilding, like why wouldn't this sort of thing? So to me, that made sense to meet men at a gym rather than going to Mm. a pub and stuff like that sort of thing. But on on a serious note, um, sometimes it's been hard Mm. because it's just, I think in general it can be hard, but at the same time, that's probably what drove me for so long as like Mm. I was was doing it for all us women in business Mm. and and in the industry and stuff and I think putting that girly touch to my events and things made a difference to Mm. me being able to get the numbers that I did over the years Did you ever find
0: that there were times when um, you'd be going full steam ahead and either internally within the A&B or competitors uh, they would look at you and go well we're not We don't really take you seriously because you're a woman.
1: I had a person say to me once, and we won't go down who that said. And said I could get rid of you like that, and he clicked his fingers at me. Yeah, someone we both know. Yeah, and I went really. But uh, luckily, up until the point that I left, you know, the previous president of the federation I was with Mm. was very, very supportive. So he would never listen to anyone and would always support me. Mm. I I was, you know, I was the number one sort of thing. in, in you know whatever sort of thing but I think he wanted to get this guy came up to me he was frustrated with the way I was running my show because I put a new rule in saying if you're a novice competitor you're not have allowed to have ever competed before mm. you know and then so I ended up introducing novice and intermediate and tried around with that for a few years and stuff like that my sort of and you know or another time another group of people said to me you know, how dare you charge us, you know, this is an organisation, you shouldn't be making money from it. And mm. I'm like, well, wait don't, I've put my whole life on hold here mm. if I want to make money from the business. Yeah. And they didn't want, they did, they couldn't see that I was actually running a business. They were mm. like, because I can remember them saying to one of my judges at the time, let's get Maria out and take, you know, take over the Federation. Right, okay. And I've just, well, well I soon got rid of them very quickly.
0: As I say, yeah, dad, Dad's had that a couple of times um with
1: Oh he would have
0: various people and it's always turned out to be complete crap but it doesn't feel good when when you're putting so much of yourself into something and you've got people coming along going oh you know, let's let's get her out and you're like well no that that doesn't work. that well, way. I've had it's several
1: not- situations like that over the years but one thing I've learned in this industry is even the ones that you've had runnings with they always come mm-hmm. back um, to if you can hold your head up high you know who can sleep straight in bed that's mm. how i've always tried to have that attitude that sort of kept me sane mm. sort of thing um, well
0: i think if, if you can stay sane in the world of bodybuilding you're doing you're doing pretty well because most people eventually you know we all uh, find ourselves pulling our hair out at some point
1: <laughs> i think i think it's such a it's a sport that just people forget that you know, they it's, they always find an excuse, you know, why they didn't come first or why the show should have run better or why the judging or the politics or whatever, you know. I'll, I'll be honest. I, yeah, I, well, you get, you get that all the time. One yeah. thing I always learnt was you don't answer anyone's questions for the first week after a competition because yeah. a lot of people's emotions are running high and what your mum and dad or sister tells you how good you look or how yeah. you should have won and all that compared to what the judges saw on the day, makes a big a hell of a difference and I take my hats off now that I'm now been on the judging panel a couple of times, which I absolutely love by the way, yeah. is um is the respect that I've got for the judges and, you know, the experiences that I've got. Like even one comp, you know, I had to to say, well, you know, I think there's politics and it's like, no, you're creating the politics by even saying yeah. that, that there's politics in the sport. Like yeah. people will just make any excuse rather than just even if there was politics in the sport, have it I always say to my competitors that do ask me, just step back have a look at yourself, mm. have a look at why you might, and be honest with yourself you know, because at the end of the day there's always a reason why you haven't brought your best package to the stage. Mm.
0: Well I always mean, look at, and uh, if you've got 7, nine, thirteen judges at the, the Universe in Orlando, we had 23 judges on That's the crazy! Like, like, and they, they were there all day, there was a little bit of movement <laughs> in and out, but most of them were were, were, were on for the whole day, and it was like eight, eight or nine hours of. I must of admit, judgments. I do like Jesus. how never
1: The last two shows I've judged, that having the numbers that you do and how mm. you judge, I think it's wonderful. Well, that, for
0: us, I mean that, that that's that's our point of, I guess, one of the points of difference that we try to have. That um, you know, people go, "Oh, there's politics. I didn't win because of politics." Isn't it? Like, no, it's like, no, you didn't win because thirteen people judged you to be second or third or,
1: Fifth, you know, whatever.
0: And, and even if you take out the top and bottom scores to remove any bias... Yeah, I love that. ..everyone else still has to have voted you
1: yeah. that way. And it is, And, and what I also love about... What I've loved about um, the head judges that I've had the, been fortunate enough to be part of mm. with the last two comps that I've judged at is that even though I know that I probably may have not have been on ball with some of them, because it's such a subjective sport, mm. that the way that the judging is and that, that it... It does work out the right way mm. in the end, you yeah. know. And I love that about NABBA and WFF. I think the judging's been great experience for me just to see that firsthand. Mm.
0: And that's well, good to it's good to hear. Yeah, sure. All right, so a couple of final questions. Okay, just a, just a, some very short ones. Um, is would would you think this is the, the the happiest you've been in your life right now?
1: I've got my friend here, can we ask her yeah, that? Because right. it's been quite a journey. Do you think it's the happiest I've been now, yeah. getting there? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For I mean, sure. I've got all, I can't complain. I've got all my animals around me, Daniel. My yeah. my world is my animals, so I'm going to yeah. be honest with you. Um, they'll always forgive you. Yeah. <laughs> they always do, most yeah. of the time. And yeah. um, and they're always there for you unconditionally, sort of thing. Um, But then that's what I was like even growing up, you know. I was never a big socialite. I was probably bullied a bit at school. I won't go into all that, but I've had a lot of, you know, people, yeah, the trust issue, it's a bit hard, I'll be honest with you, but at the same time, I do love people too, you know, and if they love what I'm doing, then it's a cool thing, and that's why I think I've loved the bodybuilding, because somehow I've met, yeah, we've got (laughs) residential birds that live in here too.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So... I don't know if you're a very religious person or a spiritual, or, um, but uh, if if heaven exists and you,
1: I'm already living on heaven in heaven. If that's the answer, I've already no, no. Said well, that.
0: I was going to say, if heaven exists and and you you get to the the pearly gates at the end of your life, yeah. What would you like God to say to you?
1: I forgive you. <laughs> 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 no. <laughs> He forgives me because I might be going to hell
0: otherwise. I'll probably see you there. Know, yeah. I'll see you with all the
1: rest of them. <laughs> I forgive you. That's it. <laughs> that's that's it. it. All right. Da-da-da-da. Well, uh, I think
0: that's about that's about it. We've had a Thanks, good Daniel. good conversation. Thank you very much for um, inviting me into your home as all sixty eight acres yeah. of it.
1: You're it's one been, of the first bodybuilders that's come up, that has threatened to come up, so it's pretty well, cool. I
0: threatened to come up, it's, it's it's great. It's the sort of place I, I look at here, and I think, yeah, you know, if you didn't know the rest of the world existed, you'd forget that you had anything else to around. It's I very, had
1: somebody you know, say to me once, "I'm going to help you turn this property into a paradise," and I said to him, "It is already paradise to me, you know." So, yeah. like I said to you earlier on, you know, it doesn't matter. Give me all the, give me a million dollars, or give me my houses and my chooks. I was, I'll take this any day, so I just have to keep reminding myself of that when it's minus three degrees and there's no heating about <laughs> and I've got bronchitis or something, I suppose, yeah. but no, it's all good.
0: So uh, people want to get in touch with you, Facebook, obviously you've got... I'm
1: always on Facebook. You I've got 200 Facebook? accounts on there, so you can find me, Maria um, McCarter. <laughs> um,
0: Sunset Valley Chicks, you've got a Facebook page?
1: Sunset Valley Chicks, definitely.
0: Yep, so people want to buy chickens or absolutely, buy um, eggs to incubate?
1: Yep, yep, I for think sure. I might
0: be back to buy a chicken, never know.
1: I'll set you up with if, some chickens, if, I've been thinking about it. <laughs> hey, you'll get, three chooks would give you at least a dozen and a half eggs a week, most oh, weeks.
0: Brilliant. There we go. So there you go. That, You've already saved diet, yourself $9 diet, dollars already there. <laughs> Do you know what I
1: mean? We won't tell everyone that it costs $5 <laughs> to eat them, but you know, no, it's good.
0: And uh, of course, uh, success trails success trail with Eve. events with Eve.
1: Yep, with Eve there and um, obviously through Nabba. NABBA and WFF, yeah. I'm sure I'll still be around next year yep. and... The next season, season A.
0: Cool. All right. Yeah. Well, we'll see you on the muscle tour. <laughs>
1: muscle tour must go on. That's it.
0: It's a good plug there for Dad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Thanks,
0: uh, <cheers>. Daniel. <laughs> so that was Maria McCarter. Um She's just such a positive person. I I cannot speak highly enough of her and just how dedicated she is. It re- really shows um, just how dedicated she is when you know whenever she does anything, she commits so fully. Um, to which everything's just full steam ahead with her. So, uh, yeah, she's a very, um, very great person to be around. Uh, I, I, I really, really love, uh, yeah, the time we get to spend together. A couple of shout-outs and upcoming events. Uh, big hello to Alette and Money and everyone in South Africa. They're hosting the Pretoria Classic in, I think it's May in 2017. Um, and that's for the very first time, it's going to be a pro qualifier for the WFF. So we were over there in November 2015, for the world championships um and it's such a beautiful place Uh, i had the opportunity to meet many many awesome people in pretoria so hopefully i will be going uh, across next year as well Um, also the venue is actually the same venue that arnold schwarzenegger won the mr olympia in while they were filming pumping iron it's the university of south africa so if you if you do have a dream of walking up the same staircase and onto the stage that Arnold and Franco and so many of the greats from the 1970s did, well, now is your chance. Uh, I'd also like to say a very big congratulations to James Puglia and Rachel Hunt. James was overseas in Ireland with us and he proposed to Rachel on stage in front of several hundred people or probably close to a thousand people. Um, and theirs was the first of two proposals that day, actually. So, but anyway, I'd like to wish you both a very uh, long and happy life together. Also, to my friends Eric and Mel, now Mr. and Mrs. Morris, they just got married over the weekend. So, I hope you guys are enjoying the sun up in Queensland, and I look forward to seeing you both when you're back home. Congratulations, and safe travels home. All right, well, look, that's probably all from me today. Uh, tune in next week for more bodybuilding adventures and mishaps. And have a great week, and I'll speak to you soon on This Is Bodybuilding. Right, so this is Bodybuilding is brought to you absolutely free every week on SoundCloud and iTunes. That is one hundred percent (laughs) free.